Hello, and welcome to the Story Wagon Podcast, where we talk about life, story, and spiritual health. I am your host, Chaplain Jose Martinez, and you can learn more about this podcast at our website, storywagon.org. You can also show us your support on our Patreon page so that we can continue to host this podcast and create resources that help our communities develop good spiritual health. Welcome. Welcome to the last episode of 2019. This is episode 12. And today we are going to do a little reflection on what this past few months have been. As I said in the beginning of the podcast, Story Wagon is about bringing awareness to spiritual health issues. And we've done a lot of that. We've brought in different people with different spiritual views. And when I say spiritual, the way that we define spirit is basically the animating force that gives a person a purpose and where their moral beliefs and core values reside. And so our core beliefs reside. And so we've talked about different kinds of things that happen in spiritual health such as grief and bereavement, moral injury, and resiliency. And in this episode, we are going to look at the past six months of different people that we've had on the show. In particular, I'm going to highlight a couple of others. Um, in particular, because of the season. Um, we are at the end of Christmas, so... If, uh, if you're Christian, uh, Merry Christmas. If Jewish, Happy Hanukkah. Um, if you practice Kwanzaa, Joyous Kwanzaa. Or if you don't really participate in anything, Happy Holidays. And so, but the word joy, merry, or happy sometimes has an issue for some folks who might be struggling through different things. And highlighting certain people from the different podcasts that we've had uh, these past six months would be beneficial through this, what I would call, holiday hangover as we approach 2020. So one of the first people that I want to highlight is the Reverend Ramona Winfield, who's a palliative care chaplain. And she, in particular, was able to help us to define grief, which many people, I believe, are going through uh, this season um, due to different reasons, whether it be loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of uh, financial stability, um, loss of environmental stability. There could be all sorts of things that someone's going through. And so with Ramona's points, I think it would be beneficial for us to kind of hear about it. So here's what Ramona had to say. Grief, um, I would say grief, grief is an emotion. Uh, it encompasses most times, if it's with the patient, it's fear. Fear of 
illness, the pain of illness, the consequences of illness, death, dying, what happens after life, leaving family behind. So it encompasses a whole lot of different aspects um, in the emotional state of the patient. We talk about disenfranchised grief, and that's grief. Actually, everyone feels grief at one time or another. It's not just people in the hospital. Disenfranchised grief is the loss of a job, the loss of a car, maybe a limb. And there are people that are dealing with that. They don't realize that that's a process of grief. Uh, but as we get to talking more, it, it comes out. Uh, we also deal with anticipatory grief. And we deal with that a lot with palliative patients because they are anticipating the separation from family, death, afterlife, how their family is going to be able to cope without them. And they're dealing with this fear, but they don't know that this is a, a part of grief. And a lot of times they are, if we're talking a religious person, a person that goes to church, sometimes have a fear of expressing grief because somewhere down the line, they've learned trust in God and uh, never worry. But knowing that you're leaving a place that you have been all your life and everyone that you know and everything that you've done, it's kind of scary. And so they feel sometimes that they don't, they're not supposed to grieve, they're not supposed to question, they're not supposed to ask God, why me? So, yeah. So when you're working with other people with other belief systems, you know, as a chaplain we work where people are, and so that takes us to a lot of interreligious conversations. Mm -hmm. how, does, how, how do you see other folks with different religions and perspectives handle the grief part, the, the, the imminent death sort of thing when, when you're working with palliative care? patients? You know, I don't think the major difference is in religion. I think the difference in expressing grief is in culture. Mm. Like I said, I grew up here in the inner city, and I will let people know when I speak to like new CPE students that have come to research or Truman and joining the program, you know, I'll ask, have you ever experienced the grief of an African-American family? Mm. Because we grieve with great expression. And it can be, can be scary to people that are not used to it. And the wailing women, the anger that has come about because of this loss or uh, the cussing, the hitting walls, the running around. They're not out to hurt anybody. It's just the way they grieve. Mm -hmm. And then there are other families, and I'm not saying this is just limited to African-American families because other cultures grieve like that too, but you see it more in the African-American com community. Uh, and then there's families, African-American community also, that are just, okay, okay, we can, it's, it's okay, God called them home or they don't express their grief in the moment. It's something they take with them and deal with once they have left the hospital. And in cases like that, you know, you just talk to them, listen, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. How are you doing? What can I do? 
asked them about this patient, this family member. What, what is the funniest thing you remember about them? And they'll share that story, and then the whole room is sharing stories, and they're laughing. Not, not to say that they're not grieving, but this is the moment in time of reflection mm -hmm. of the life of the person that they have lost. And these are memories that you want them to take with them when they leave here. Not only the sad memory, okay, she died, she's gone, but remember what she has meant in your life. Mm -hmm. So kind of conversations around that. Mm. Yeah, that's excellent. Following on from Ramona's points, I would like us to listen to Reverend Tabitha Johnson's point. Reverend Tabitha is also a chaplain at a different institution and also a pastor with her experience that she wrote a particular book with folks that had suffered from prenatal perinatal loss. And so her points of like dealing with grief is very helpful in like in generality of people struggling through the holiday and like how can a person help a person who's in that state at this point in time and so with her with her view we can really help people who are going through these emotional and spiritual struggles um so let's listen to what reverend tabitha has to say in that book do you guys describe uh grief like like give a definition of grief well it would be particular to each woman's experience mm -hmm. right i mean there are some commonalities with grief but also grief is a very individual thing right uh, one thing I think that would be a commonality with grief is that it never goes away. Mm -hmm. You know, in our culture, we are so prone to impatience. And we don't, um, as a chaplain, we talk a lot about process. You know, you're a chaplain, you know all about process. Mm -hmm. and, and that we work through things and it takes time. But grief doesn't have an end. There's not a day when you wake up and say, oh, I'm not grieving anymore, because that loss still happened. Right. So grief is always with us. It's kind of, I like to think of it as, how do we learn to live with it? You know, how is it in our life? And what's our new normal after that? A lot of the women in this book talk about what their new normal was, because we can't ever go back. We can't go back to a time before we were a bereaved mother. Right. That's impossible. Yeah. So. And you can kind of put that into application to other types of grief with people that maybe lost a child after mm -hmm. the fact or, you know, a close yep. loved one, especially when we're rolling into the holiday season. Um, seems yep. like grief always comes back around for folks. You know, they might have been dealing well. Yep. And then the holidays roll around as like first Christmas without yep. so and so or yeah absolutely know, that sort of thing. So how do you help people through that process? Well, I think one of the ways to help is to listen to people, mm -hmm. to hear their stories. Uh, miscarriage in particular, what women find and men too, and I'll, I'll get to that maybe in a minute. But what people find is that other people don't want to listen to those stories. Mm -hmm. You know, um, for. I mean, who even knows why, but 
there are a myriad of reasons why people have difficulty hearing somebody's story about miscarriage or abortion, termination, infant loss, stillbirth. Uh, those are all really tender topics, mm -hmm. um, but also I think people forget that true compassion is simply sitting with someone and hearing what their story is. Right. So <clears throat> when you come across other people who are non-Christians or mm -hmm. of other religious beliefs or atheists, how do you help them find the comfort? That's a good question. You know, but we all have, when, when we talked earlier about what's my definition of spirituality, okay, so first of all, that's my definition of spirituality. Mm -hmm. But other people have other things that bring them comfort and so you know sometimes if it's appropriate in the conversation I might ask what's helped you in the past mm -hmm. you know what brings you strength who who in your life do you have that can hear you say this again mm. you know and, and I I encourage those things yeah yeah, that's great. I mean, <laughs> that's a question that we can ask everybody. Yeah, right? it is. And, you know, so I see that through a lens of, of, you know, we're all spiritual beings and we all have connection and, you know, not everybody sees it that way. Right. And, and that's okay. That's just what informs me. Mm -hmm. But other people have ways that they find meaning too. Mm -hmm. We all, I think... All of humanity, we all strive for meaning-making in our lives. And so what is that meaning? Where does somebody find hope? Where does somebody find strength, yeah. courage? Um, where does somebody find love? Mm. That's a commonality that I think we have regardless of what our religious beliefs are. Yeah, that's just the human experience. Yeah. You know. I love it. But, I, you know, that I think even, it goes back to hearing. Yeah. Hearing somebody's story, it doesn't matter what religion they are or what religion they're not. If, if I sit there and hear them speak words to their pain, does it really matter if we believe the same thing or not? <laughs> I think, I think not. The last group that I want us to listen from or hear from is a group that I got to interview during a dinner session that we had when I went to the Christian Church's Disciples of Christ General Assembly and I got to meet up with fellow military chaplains and so I had an interview with three of them and we spoke about different issues about what we deal with uh what kinds of issues that we deal with within the military and the military chaplaincy. One of the key things that we spoke about was about moral injury. And so as I said before in moral injury in the earlier podcasts, that moral injury is basically a event that transgresses one's moral values or core beliefs and so that person could be either the perpetrator where they committed the act through act of commission or an act of omission. 
or they could have been a survivor of a, an event that transgresses their moral values or core beliefs, or they could have been a witness to the event that transgresses their moral values or core beliefs and couldn't do anything about it, but yet they still feel the weight of the shame and guilt of not being able to do anything in that situation. So with the group of military chaplains that I got to talk to, they brought out some things that could possibly help a person think about uh, whether you're experiencing moral injury or seeing someone who might be experiencing moral injury. So let's listen to what the chaplains have to say. My name is Chaplain Owen Chandler. I'm a, a brigade chaplain with the Army Reserve out of Arizona. My name is Jonathan Fisher. I am a active duty United States Army chaplain, major at uh, Burke Army Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas. I am Chaplain Brian McCraner, United States Navy lieutenant, and I'm active duty with the Navy in San Diego at Marine Corps Recruit Depot, San Diego Western Recruiting Region. I'm the 3rd Battalion Chaplain for that. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks guys for coming along. Isolation and alienation is like one of the biggest symptoms of moral injury. Um, Has there been a lot of conversation in your branch of service about moral injury uh, in your chaplain uh, cohort? Um, So, and if so, what's your definition of moral injury? Yes, there's a lot of conversation about it. (laughs) I think... in, in my context, the United States Army, one of my uh, colleagues, uh, Chaplain Lieutenant Colonel Mark Lee, did his Ph.D. in moral injury, and uh, he's teaching. He's one of my. He's, he's one of the faculty that, uh, with me at, at Brooker Medical Center. I th- I think what I understand about moral injury is when I see myself acting in a certain way, with a certain like this. This is my moral path. And then I act in violation of that. What that what does that mean about me now? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's almost like an equation. Like here's a thing that I thought that I was right. And now I've acted in a way that violates that whatever that principle is. And what does that mean about me as a human now? That 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 equation can can equal, I think, what we call moral injury. Yeah. And I would just add to that. I mean, it's in that same thought, like. I always talk about moral injury with respect to, to creation um, and that, that, that essence that the image of God is within us um, as, as one of the, the primary acts of creation. And so, like, you know, when I have soldiers that are struggling for moral injury, it's because as a function of their job and as a function of, of, of the mission, as a function of the things that, that they have set out to do in order to protect the person to the left and the right, in, in, in these greater ideals of the United States Army and in the American public, sometimes they are asked to do things that are anti-creational. And anytime that we do something like that, it, it in some sense diminishes, it, 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 it bruises, it it just hurts that image of God within us. And so one of the tasks then that we, we seek to go about is, as chaplains is just to help heal that image of God, to remind them of, of whose who's they are. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a component to this that's about awareness, right? So moral injury, I think, happens when we are aware 
that now we are in violation of our conscience. Mm-hmm. So one of the theologians that's influential in my life is Marjorie Suchaki. She's a process theologian. And she talks about sin, good old-fashioned sin, being giving assent to the demonic. In other words, sin happens when I participate in a system that hurts others, systems of oppression, systems of destruction, and so forth. And I know that that's a thing, and then I start doing it. So even if that was done to me and I wasn't aware, now I'm aware how I am continuing perpetuating the system. Sin is now a question here. And I, when I think about moral injury, actually, I think a lot about just sin mm-hmm. in that context. Right. That we know that this thing that I have done violates this, my sense of what makes me a human, a whole human. Mm-hmm. And what... what you know, now I am no longer connected to the divine. I need a ritual. I need something in my life to, to reconnect me to my sense of d- divinity. But then also just the moral conflict about that, because that thing that you did was something that you were ordered to do. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I'm finding also a lot, uh, in particular at the Air Force, because, you know, with the Air Force, we're not so much in, in the front lines like the Army and the Marine Corps. We, we do a lot of uh, combat service support loading bombs on aircraft, you know, that sort of thing, um, that a lot of these folks are feeling moral injury, even though they're, they didn't actively participate in it. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they still feel a sense of responsibility. Other parts, if they see something on the screen, like if they're looking through uh, a, a camera scope, you know, that sort of thing, and they see it happen, and it crosses their boundary inside themselves, uh, even though they didn't push the button or any of that jazz, they still suffer from moral. That's injury. really interesting, Jose. Are, are you talking about like like drone pilots and so forth? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. yeah. It, I I want to echo that because uh, now I'm going to speak from very limited experience here because uh, I'm yet to deploy on a ship or or with with Marines, um, and so the conversations I've had around moral injury and what I what I've studied, what I've read, and what I know, and that's very very little. Uh, and may not be able to articulate it as well as uh, some of the other people here. Um, but the conversations we have do center around uh, what you said, similarly to, to the Air Force. We have men and women serving on ships who are not in the sandbox holding a weapon, pointing it at someone, but they are watching mm-hmm. uh, on a screen. Uh, they are tracking, uh, tracking projectiles, missiles. Uh, they are pushing the button at the order of, of a senior commander um, to strike with a missile this location. And they watch that. And, and while they didn't directly, while they either directly or indirectly did something, they are broken inside because of it. And, and I, to this point, I am yet in, in the place I am, which is non-operational, um, yet to really encounter that. Um, and so for me, it's, it's a very theoretical uh, concept right now. And I'm trying desperately as much as I can in a theoretical environment to prepare myself for what that might look like when I have to reach out to someone someday, someday who has been, who has suffered moral injury, real true moral injury, because of what Owen and John have both described. What do you do to help a person through that moral injury? What are some of the things that you do? One of the things that, that has been most helpful in my spiritual care practice is to invite people to just tell their story, which is why I love what you're doing in this, Jose, and what you're doing in this process, because part of what David Snarch calls um, meaningful endurance, right, is being able to live with the, the tension that arises within us. 
And as that attention arises within us, can we, can we sit with that? And we can sit with that more when we just tell that story. So what I do is when a, when a soldier starts telling me a story, I just think about how sacred this moment is, how precious this is. This is a gift. This is an expression of their spirit. And when I hear that story, I'll reflect on that story with that soldier and we'll kind of rehearse it. And sometimes, sometimes we just circle back and we keep telling the same story over and over again. And every time they tell it, they're, get, they're a little more okay with it. They're a little more integrated with that story. Because I, I really believe that one, once we are aware of ours, then we can start making some decisions about what we do next based on our awareness of, of where, where we are right now. Well, because I think every time that you stay present and every time that you're able to get them to, to tell that story, you're getting them to articulate, you're getting, you're getting them the capacity to be able to name it, to name, to name that evil, to name that hurt, to name that pain. And every time that they get greater strength in naming it, it has less power over them to the point of where the conversation that you have with them isn't, isn't a, a journey of naming the pain anymore. It's about naming the hope. So ultimately, in the end of all this, this education, this awareness, what we want to do is we want to help you, the listener, to be that listening voice, to walk alongside people through their struggle, and to help them find ways to connect to professionals, um, whether they be some pastors or whether they be licensed counselors or other helpful mental health professionals in different issues on that aspect, but also to help them in their spiritual health issue. Because ultimately we want, it doesn't matter what religion you are, whether you're Jewish, Christian, Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, we want people to flourish and to be resilient in their tough times. So having an awareness, having an understanding will help us to connect with one another. Finally, as we end this 2019, we want to look forward to 2020. And at Story Wagon, we're going to continue on 2020 with vigor. <laughs> so we will continue on this kind of format of education awareness, bringing on different professionals, professional chaplains, um, spiritual counselors, um, people that deal with spiritual health. And we're going to continue to educate. Um, if you want us to come by and to give a presentation on any of the things that we've talked about, please connect with us. If there is anything that you want to hear more or a suggested um, topic, please email us at storywagon dot or storywagon at gmail.com. So that's S T O R Y at or S T O R Y W A G E N at gmail.com or you can connect with us over at our website storywagon.org and as we approach the 2020 there are events that we are going to be having where we're partnering with different institutions churches to bring about documentaries uh, 
Um, and these documentaries haven't been shown here in Kansas City, so we are going to have a screening of them. Um, one in particular series that I'm really excited about, it's called Screenagers, where we're talking about how technology, uh, today's fast connection of, you know, social media is bringing some spiritual health issues that we need to look at. Um, so be on the lookout for a schedule and event announcements on that. Additionally, we are also going to bring up um, another documentary, and we're going to be showing it at a, uh, a retirement facility um, because we want to help people see the full health spectrum uh, or age uh, generational things uh, within spiritual health. And so we're bringing a documentary called The Growing Season, which basically discusses um, how one facility has brought in a daycare center and had a intergenerational experience there where preschool kids and folks who were in a assisted living facility encountered one another and brought light into each other's lives. And so that deals with a lot of things that we're talking about when we're thinking about wholeness and health. At Story Wagon, we, we utilized the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration's Wellness Wheel. And you can look at our past uh, ep episodes where we talked about different dimensions of health that connected with spiritual health because in our minds, spiritual health is connected with everything that we do in our lives. There's no doing physical health without spiritual health. There's no doing mental health without physical or spiritual health and physical health and emotional health and financial health and vocational health. I mean, it all connects together. And so with us, we want to highlight the spiritual dimension of things and keep us aware of it, um, no matter what modality of religion we, we utilize to practice our spirituality. And so I hope um, in 2020 that you continue to follow us. And if you choose to, we would really appreciate any kind of financial assistance to help us bring these documentaries into Kansas City and to develop different events and things like that. So to do that, you can go to our Patreon page and type in Story Wagon and help finance that way. Also in 2019, we were able to bring uh, assistance to a family that is seeking asylum. So we did a video, one of our board members, who is a videographer, who helped us capture their story. And that's out there. So that's we have a GoFundMe page uh, for the Simon family. And we have, if on, on our Facebook and also on our Instagram, information if you want to help in that way. So finally, 
as we draw 2019 to a close, I want to thank you for listening because without you, the listener, we would have no purpose <laughs> as a podcast. Um, you are helping us to be focused on what areas do we need to look at for spiritual health. I want to thank Sam Billen for giving us the music to utilize in this podcast. And if you're interested in his music, you can go to his website, primarycolormusic.com. Also, I want to thank the National Benevolence Association who helped us get started with this podcast. And if you have a social enterprise that deals with any kind of health issues, please look into their website, nbacares.org. They have lots of resources there, information to join some of their programs or they have their kind of like online learning past events listed on there too so that's very helpful so as we exit out this 2019 i'm looking forward to 2020 and if you are a person that are that's dealing with something right now please connect with a local church um, local spiritual group can make those connections because ultimately what we think here at Story Wagon, that is one of the most helpful things to do is sharing stories. And you have a voice and the night looks dark right now, but the dawn will come. And during this holiday season, I know it's really hard for some of you. Um, it's hard for me sometimes. There's There's things about the holidays that get me down but in the end being with family if we have family if you have friends or if you just connected with other people and just share our story that ultimately will help you but if there's other issues that you're dealing with please go seek the help that you need uh, in the mental health care system so on that note with the end of 2019 on Boxing Day. This is Chaplain Jose Martinez wishing you good spiritual health. <laughs>